very good Thursday to you, Mzansi, and welcome to Otherwise Talking Women on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My name is Shadow Twala. My producer is Hazel Malkuzeni, and our technical producer is Rianda Fiani. And um, you may reach us on 0892-102010, email otherwise at safm.co.za. Uh, Tweets at Otherwise SAFM and at Shadow Twala. Um, today, my guest is Pumla Koboto Matigizela, acclaimed author and international expert on reconciliation. And she's here to rekindle our hope as a clinical psychologist who's worked for the TRC in Rwanda and with Holocaust survivors. Uh, she offers unique perspectives on healing the wounded South African nation. Her latest offering is Dare We Hope, facing our past to find a new future. Then I speak with uh, playwright and filmmaker, director, uh, Firdos Bulbulia, and the play is called 2020, celebrating the triumphs and struggles of South African women 20 years later. Um, and we speak to her on the phone, but uh, Pumla will join me in the studio. Before we do that, though, I thought it was appropriate to uh, for, to have this as our lunch bite. It's a quote by Nelson Mandela from uh, in 1990 from The Struggle Is My Life. Since my release, I've become more convinced than ever that the real makers of history are the ordinary men and women of our country. Their participation in every decision about the future is the only guarantee of true democracy and freedom. Pumla Kobodo Matigizela is in the studio with me. Uh, Welcome, Sissi. It's so great. I prayed about this because I thought... Last night I'm sitting, I just received your book yesterday, I have no time to go through it, but you're available today. And I thought, I, I'm not going to let you go, I'm not, and I'm, I'm worried, are you in Johannesburg Studios, are you in, in, in Cape Town? And my prayers were answered this morning, you are right here, sitting here with us. Thank you. Welcome, Sisu, welcome. The book is called Dare We Hope, and of course you've written A Human Being Died That Night, and you've been... Um, lauded across the world as a, a a psychologist with a striking intelligence and moral intelligence and clarity and I, I i want i'm excited about that but i want all of us to be excited about that um what are we talking about when we talk about moral intelligence for instance um and what sort of clarity should we have Part of the work that I do has to do with, has to deal with the central question mm. of moral clarity. Part of the book, in fact, is inspired by this desire to engage with this question, uh, particularly in relation to our leadership in the country. Mm. Um, you know, the basic principles of, of honesty, of, of openness, uh, you know, of, of, of speaking truth and, 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 and just being a, a leader with a, a clear vision mm. and, and who pursues that vision, not for herself or for himself or for her himself, but for the good of all. You know, that principle of doing things for the better good of all, that is a guiding principle of moral engagement. And, and then, you know, for everything that a leader does they should it should be responding to that question mm. of you know am i pursuing a, 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 a vision of a 
caring for the better good of all mm. and and part of the book all of this book is written over the past few years it's a response to what i perceived i've perceived over the years as the gradual diminishing of that commitment to that goal of doing things you know for the good of all we hear about ubuntu all the time and i think what you are describing is part of what ubuntu is where mm-hmm. in your experience and in your uh, in, in your participation in the trc where do you believe we lost our ubuntu because clearly we have lost a lot of us have lost that 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 moral compass mm. You know, leaders play a very important role. Of course, we also, as civil society, we, we also, you know, have a responsibility towards that issue of, you know, Ubuntu, of just a moral compass. Mm-hmm. However, leaders, because they are the guiding principle, they set the tone. They set the tone. Leaders set the tone. And and when when leaders are setting the wrong tone, so to speak. In other words, they're setting a, a, a path that, you know, leads into all the negative things about human beings mm. or, or leads us to question the, you know, their moral stature. Then, you know, people lose trust in, 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 in their leaders. Mm. They, they don't have a clear direction of, of what exactly is going on. And, and the most important part of this, what is really lost, is just this sense of, of betrayal. That is a deep, deep sense of loss, mm. you know, in, 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 in our, in the trust in our future as a country. And when once happen, when, when once that happens, then people feel, not cared for. They feel dehumanized. They feel dehuman. You know, one of the things that is really important about what's going on today is the feeling of dehumanization. You know, I hear this expression a lot from people who are protesting or people who are not even, not even violently protesting who say we are human too. Mm. You know, how many times have you heard that? How many times do we hear that when people are marching, we hear snippets of voices of people. But one thing that seems to me, one thread that connects all of these protests is the desire for people's humanity to be recognized. And if we are talking about a sense of moral clarity among leadership, that should, those questions should not be raised because people in positions of leadership would be caring for their quote-unquote followers. Mm. You know, because when, 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 when people feel that their humanity has not been, you know, recognized, then they feel, you know, humiliated. They feel a sense of humiliation. Mm. They're not human enough. And what is done to them, you know, doesn't demonstrate the caring that is necessary for people to feel to be that they are really citizens of the country. You know, during apartheid, we didn't feel we're citizens mm. of the country. We felt it, our voice was not, did not count, you know. And so this is why there was such huge protests and campaigning and organization, which was successful. But now 
Why should that be happening again? Why should people now, the second generation, remember we're talking about people who are 20 years and over, and the age of the protester is becoming younger, as we see in our television mm. screens. Why is that the case? Pumla, I, I want us to go back a bit, because, you know, we're talking about leadership, we're talking about people who are not recognized, they feel they're not acknowledged in any way in this new space that we call our new democracy. Mm. Um, what what do we understand or what should we be understanding about democracy? What is it that we are talking about a democratic state? Uh, the word is bandied around a lot, but does it conjure up the same images or the same uh, concept to to the everyday person in South Africa? Because un until we understand that we're working towards the same thing, as you say, our protests in the past were against apartheid, so we had a common enemy and we had a common strategy to bring it down, to win our freedom. But our freedom then has, has, has different meanings to different people. And to me, it looks like we handed our power over to our leaders to do what with. So what should we be understanding by a democratic South Africa? In my view, the sense of democracy implies a feeling of inclusion as a citizen and having one's voice count. There are other aspects, of course, of democracy, all the democratic institutions that we have in our country that are in place, which are solid, you know, in terms of the structures. But as we know, solid as they may be, they're not always taken seriously. I mean, the, the very good example, I'm sure everyone, this is on everyone's, you know, lips and tongue. Tulima Donzella, every time she makes findings, what happens, they're simply ignored. Mm -hmm. So those are structures of our democracy. Mm -hmm. In my view, real democracy is real participation, you know, and a sense of participation by, by civil society at all levels and, and, and acceptance of their role or recognition rather than acceptance, recognition of their role as actors within our society. If people are disempowered, if people live under the conditions that they do, in the poorest areas in our community, which is to say the largest majority of our country. Mm. If those people feel a deep sense of disempowerment, how can we expect them to feel that they belong to mm. this democratic society? Mm. And a sense of belonging means that people can actually feel that they are part and parcel of this. You know, I, 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 I remember after I voted, you know, uh, for the first time in 1994, I was in the US. And I returned to my country and landed in Cape Town. I felt this movement of emotion within me that I am a South African, you know. I mean, that is what is critical. That's what people want to say. People want to say, I am a South African. And what that means is that I now feel I belong. I feel recognized. That word sounds so simple, mm -hmm. recognized. And yet, you know, it, it, it means so much means so much because when I and many others at, at the time we never voted, we always felt excluded from our country. We had no sense of nationhood. And now that we have nationhood, people like you and I, we have a place you know, I, I, I believe because we are employed, we have homes, mm. we wake up, we have a plan for the future. You know, we can sit around the table with our children in the same way that white people did. The majority of our people today cannot do that. 
They cannot sit around the table and say, this is my vision for my family. They can't because what's there to, to envision? Because their whole lies from, from the beginning, from the very beginning, is destroyed, is about destruction. And so they spend a lot of energy fighting against the destruction, reclaiming their sense of humanity under difficult odds. Um, my guest is Pumla Kobojo Matigizela. We continue our conversation, and if you want to participate, 0892-102010 is our number in the studio. But we want to rekindle our hope here and deal with our past and in order to get to our future. We'll continue after this. Otherwise, on SAFM. Pumla Kobojo Matigizela is my guest in the studio, having some... A very inspiring conversation here about where we are as South Africa in our newfound democracy. It's still newfound 20 years later, I'm not sure. And we're asking you to participate 0892 10 2010. How do we heal and how do we move forward? And this uh, is, is inspired by her book, Dare We Hope. And I ask you to call in Rafilwe from Johannesburg. Hello, Rafilwe. Hi, Hi Sedo. How are you? I'm I'm good. Just I'm just waiting for my guest to put her headphones on. Yes, she's okay. got them on. Yes, go ahead, Rafila. Yeah. Uh, Pumla, I just mm-hmm. want to ask you something. Mm-hmm. What has become very profound to me? We we keep talking about civil society, and I'm thinking that well, one is thinking that maybe we actually need to be moving away from party politics because mm-hmm. you know this notion that everything, the ruling party, the ruling party. And somehow, unless if we clean up the ruling party, all these ideals, we've lost them in the last five years. Now, civil society needs to say, it's not about the ruling party now. It's about the people of the country, the people who wake up at four o'clock in the morning and stand in the queue to go and vote. Because once, for me, it's like the ruling party decides everything. Now, civil society needs to say, we don't, we don't, not going to listen to Helen Zille. We're not going to listen to anybody. It's about what is, like you say, for the good of all. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we somehow, this is where we are because we keep talking about civil society. And I think this is what now we need to be holding on. And the second part is that, you know, even people like Mampila Rampila, they actually should not have gone into politics. They should have concentrated on civil society. Mm-hmm. What does society want? Because politics is about numbers. I, I will I will ask Pumla I mean, Rufilo to, to, to answer in a bit, but my question to you though is and it's about the power I said we're handing over our power all the time to somebody else. Yes. What are what are you doing now that you've realized what we need to advance, what are you doing in your daily life to advance those ideals that you talk about? Okay. One of the things, Shadow, that I did in the last election, I didn't vote for anybody because I, I just thought there's a void. So I was not going to waste my time standing in a poll when I didn't see there was no direction. So I was not going to vote for Helen Zille, who immediately after elections we realized that she's a hypocrite. I was not going to vote for the ANC because I didn't see there was no direction. So I just thought, you know what, I'm going to withhold my vote. That's, that's what I did. 
digitalizing. But I become part of the discourse and the discussion about the things that we are seeing going wrong in the country, and we are not saying anything about them because you will be marginalized. Uh, Pumla, is that has she done the right thing here? I, I think we, we have our ways of responding to the crisis that we witness in our country. It's important, though, to work towards creating a critical mass mm-hmm. so that our individual actions are effective. That having been said, there are individuals in our country who are doing amazing things, you know, who are working to change communities. And I just want to respond to the to the uh, point that the caller makes about you know letting go of the ruling party. There are things that we expect the ruling party to do. Uh, for instance, to sort out the education system. Many of us recognize education as one important way of um, as an important way of advancing. Uh, um, uh, um, sense of agency, one sense of agency, you know, and, and, and autonomy that at least through an education you, you know, there is a hope you, you, are, you are leading towards achieving something. But if that is in a mess as well, if there's only a few select schools that are targeted to be the best schools and the ordinary schools where people live, where the majority of people are, are not functioning well, then we are going to have this crisis. So I think that means as far as our talking or confronting the ruling party, as the lady says, is important because they need to also put resources where it matters. I agree with her that we also, as, as, as civil society, members of civil society, we also have to do things, you know, that will advance uh, uh, the ideals that that we have. Mm. Part of that is what we're doing here, what you are doing, you know, creating the space for people to engage, to have dialogue and, 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 and for people to really come up with ideas. What, what do we need to do? It seems to me that if unless we focus on cultivating a, 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 a sense of eth- ethical morality among young people in a very conscious way, uh, as a starting point, you know, or, or uh, in parallel with an education system, teaching young people how to think morally, you know, mm. because at the moment, the, 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 the examples that they have out there, you know, take the question of violence against women, which is a crisis, you know, in, in communities that face it daily, women in their homes, in their communities, take that, for example, and tell me whether there has been any clear voice clear, loud voice from people who are our leaders mm. about this issue. And and my answer will be no. No. Okay. Um, we want to connect and because we're very disconnected at the moment, but we'll, we'll come back and take more calls. Pumla, we spoke about and I want the, the connect again to this system that we seem to have, we, we're very disconnected from. Um, our freedom and democracy is eluding us. And you, you're talking of a new hope, but we need to heal as well. How much healing and, and how long will it take us to heal, depending on how much healing we need to do to have some kind of hope uh, for the future? You remind me of the hope that we had in the country uh, at the earliest stages of our democracy, of our democratic 
credit transition. And one of the most important things that uh, uh, Nelson Mandela did and his government at the time was to create this sense of solidarity within mm-hmm. society. It didn't matter whether you voted for the NP, the DA, the ANC. There was a sense of solidarity as South Africans. And I think the way he did that was really this issue of recognition, you know, recognition of others as fellow human beings in, 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 a true, in the true sense of the word. And also his stature. There were no questions about, you know, the former president, our first president, as a, as a person of moral stature. And that in itself gives, gives hope. Mm. And, and so when, when that is lost, when that sense of real trust and looking at someone and say, this is a person who stands up for what he says, you know, his actions speak, you know, his actions speak his words, in other words, you know, in other words, he, he, he enacts, you know, his words, what he says. There is no disconnect. But when there is constantly a sense of, uh, among leadership, of inconsistency, you know, the, then people who are young, who are impressionable, they tend to get lost as far as their moral core is mm. concerned. That example, in my view, was an example of how to bring, to build social solidarity. Now, if you listen to radio talk shows and you listen to everything else, there's a lot of anger in the country, Mm. rightfully so. I mean, a lot of it is justifiable anger because people feel betrayed. I think this is also another important point that we have to make, that the sense of betrayal is goes very deep among the majority of our people. And so what how to rekindle, how to reclaim that sense of hope, I really think that uh, the responsibility rests again on the change of tone at the top. So that because that's where we're looking. However, at the same time, we have also to mobilize within our communities. It's a question, we, need, we need to take personal responsibility. It's a question I ask well. that what do we need? We, you know, we have these conversations in so many places. I think at the end of the day is how do we mobilize within our communities for change to take place? Cayenne, the Eastern Cape. Hello, welcome. Hello, thanks for taking my call. Good mm. afternoon to your guests. I think you've got a, a, a very interesting topic today. You see, my point is that we, we, we all need to join hands in, in, in trying to resolve uh, this uh, problem. Because, you see, if people don't have hope for the future, uh, definitely people will, 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 will be directionless and they will, they will always complain, they will always moan, they will always be unsure and uncertain. And when there's uncertainty, definitely mm. no one will listen, will listen to anybody. Mm. But I think it's quite important what you've just said here, that we, we, we really have got to make sure that we mobilize everyone, because this includes all of us. It starts mm. from, the, from, the, from the ordinary citizen of the country up to the highest office of the land, wherein we are saying, let us make sure that moral vibe of our society is not getting eroded by a simple thing that a leader has got to go to his community or her community and report about what the government is doing mm-hmm. i think that's where mm-hmm. this whole thing begins again a father should be a father in his or her family mm-hmm. to say this is wrong this is right mm-hmm. without any form of punishment that will be uh, making that child to grow up 
angry. So I'm saying it is a societal matter which I think we need all of us to assist and make sure that we move forward. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, Kaya. Um, you know uh, what Kaya has just said. Now we all seem to have an idea of what ought to happen. We understand what is missing. Conversations are happening. Unfortunately, most of them are happening at, at very high structures. They're not trickling down. People are almost talking to each other. Academics are talking to each other. Business people are talking to each other. Uh, organize, government organizations are talking to each other. But the message is not trickling to where it ought to be. Those conversations are not getting there. So how do we make sure that my next door neighbor and I uh, get up and do something about what we think is 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 the 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 missing link uh, within within our civil society. You know, Shadow, there are communities where people have gathered around, you know, one another's homes and, and responded to just that question. Mm. But it's not happening enough. Many people feel they they just have no... They've, they, they, uh, there's a sense of helplessness. Mm. And so to to ask those people to think creatively is to ask too much because the first things that are important just the sense of agency if it's missing if it's not there or or if it's not completely holding them together then it, it's a, it's a it's a great challenge for people to take that step of caring you know of caring for the for for the for the social solidarity the mm -hmm. first thing is my community you know is 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 in is in a state of depravity of a deep deep depravity you know if you allow me i just want to make an example of what is happening at my university the university of the free state when i first went there when i first arrived two years ago in 2012 in february i was struck by just this the the different kind of leadership that i witnessed you know, how different it was from from the the kind of national you know conversations about leadership at the university you know the the rector there professor jonathan jansen you know he's a man of action and i think he because he has the power to make change happen he actually does that. You know, this is what leadership is about. You have the power to make ch change happen. Why don't you do it? Mm -hmm. You know, Jonathan will, 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 will hear about a student who got A's, who is in the rural villages of Limpompo, where he, he may never have gone before. But someone says, there's a student, you know, got, he got A's, and there's another one in the Eastern Cape, you know, Lusiki Siki, and there's another one in Masipumelele, in, in, in Fishuk. You know, he organizes, either he goes himself or he organizes people to go and, and to make sure that the student has applied. And in most cases, they have not applied. What does he do? Even before he knows how he's going to support those students, he says, here's a university, apply, get on the bus, come here. This is a true story. Mm -hmm. And then he, 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 he connects to people who, because there are always people in the corporate mm. sector, you know, people like you and I, who want change to happen, but we, somehow we don't know. Jonathan taps on that. He says, here are five students. What can you give? Mm. And so this is, and sometimes from the, from the resources of the university. I'm, I'm sharing this, and I'm sure many people know about it, because it's an example of leadership that cares. 
and 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 I think while we don't always want to be bashing our government, you know, and and and, and really condemning it and criticizing it, at the same time we ought to show examples of what happens when leaders do care about the people who vote for them. This is an example, and I think actually these examples ought to be used as models so that people can ask the question, how can I do the same thing because I have the power? You have the power. You can't, as a government, start complaining about racism in the country, for instance. You know, because you are the power, you have to do things to make sure that there isn't racism, or at least even if it's there, that it's not, it's not destructive, not in a way that, you know, undermines human agency and, and human dignity. Pumla, we, we've run out of time. I, I can't believe we have. Uh, so may I ask, and I want all of South Africa to hear this so that we continue this conversation, I want us to really have these as regular conversations so that we can get to the bottom and hopefully uh, rekindle that hope uh, on, you know, within our societies. So while people start reading Dare We Hope, which is the name of your book, may I ask you that we have regular talks on how to heal firstly mm, mm, and then eventually mm. getting new hope mm. and, and and starting afresh. It's a very important conversation. Because you spoke about creativity then. I'm thinking mm. people have even stopped thinking creatively. Mm, mm. But I, I must thank, thank you for joining you. me. Thank, thank you. you for coming. Thank you, Shana. And it's, it's such a blessing thank that you. we, we can thank you to your Mzansi. Thank you. We'll take a little break and come back to talk to Fredoz. Yeah. Otherwise... Oh my goodness, Fredozbul Bullia is on the line talking to me about 2020, celebrating the triumphs and struggles of South African women. Fredoz, welcome. Hey, how are you, Shadow? I'm good. I know, I know. I'm so excited (laughs) to be talking to you. And this this very important subject about, you know, 20 years on, what you know what 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 are our triumphs and our struggles and you've got this in a play that's that's opening tomorrow yes we're opening at the state theater and it's just for the weekend but just friday saturday sunday and i actually wanted you to listen to sis to because she's busy singing tula tula okay okay uh, let me listen to her quickly you want to listen to her hello Tula 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 sana. Did you get that? I got that, and she's <laughs> she's sounding so beautiful. And she sings on the show, does she? Yes, yes, she's doing all the music for us. So basically, uh, what we want to do is we're calling it Twenty Years of Democracy. So it's twenty women's narratives celebrating women, and of course, we're going from you know. There, there have been struggles, but there have been many triumphs. And so we want to celebrate in the end. And I think even somebody like you, um, all of us women have so many stories to share. Mm-hmm. And it's about those narratives. And I'm saying the ordinary and the extraordinary. Now tell me about Sophia. So Sophia is a book that was written by Shafi Naz Hassan. Mm-hmm. And Shafi Naz is a sociologist. So she started off doing her research, which was interesting for me because... The original research was, uh, was abused women mm. across, you know, class and, 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 uh, and race. But Shafi, uh, Sophia is very much within the Indian community. Mm. So she's driving the point around abuse within, uh, you know, our community, which was interesting for me. Mm. Um, but I kind, it kind of resonated 
obviously globally it resonates in terms of the issues she's raising where you know in the case of of the indian madam having been being beaten up and being treated really bad and abused but she can tell her housekeeper how she shouldn't be going out you know with the boyfriend who's abusing her mm. so just these levels and layers in which we we interact and and where we find ourselves as women and how we become sometimes even the custodians of some of that kind of abuse and 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 it's all about taking our lives back is it not oh absolutely it's definitely taking the power getting into making making yourself real um acknowledging what the challenges were uh but finding each other in a celebration and what's really exciting is i have uh, jessie duarte wrote her mother's story oh, wow. and so we're sharing the stories of other women uh preg's governor's story do you remember her book as well mm-hmm. um so we've, we've got all of the well, kind of well-known ladies so we have mama winnie mandela's story as well but then we interweave that with ordinary stories of our stories of our of all women now for those i it starts tomorrow and and just for the weekend you say but it 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 sounds like there's you know these voices of the stories you're telling need to be heard all over the country if if not even further than our borders how how are we going to make this possible if if at all well the idea for me is that there should be a one year production so it should start now and continue until next year at least mm-hmm. um the good news was as we we started to get the information out the bad the, the thing that had happened was the state theatre started this idea around a women's uh, festival mm-hmm. art festival and then you know kind of last month cancelled it and so i was no 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 you can't be cancelling this not after all the work we've put into it so we are doing it anyway mm-hmm. and i think of the 20 or 30 productions that they had of uh we are we are about four of the productions that have continued and decided that we will continue anyway mm-hmm. um and then the idea for me i mean the the big idea was i would like to do these installations in malls in in public spaces i don't want it to be in a theater mm. so it the idea was breaking bread you know if i had an installation so a table set in the middle of a mall and you know some woman is sitting there and 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 buttering her bread and people come around and say oh what are you doing and then suddenly there's a spoken artist or a saxophonist or a poet or a musician and so people gather so you want to pop gather, up you want to pop up in different spaces absolutely you know they're calling them flash mobs right flash mobs yes. we call, call them protest theater if you remember <laughs> <laughs> i keep teasing about this flash you're mobs. telling our age for those you're telling uh, our age <laughs> <laughs> but that's what i'm saying shadow it's about um you know how do we take these how do we take these stories into the spaces we did during the protest theater period mm-hmm. if you remember mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know whether we stood on the on the steps of the market theater or in the flea market mm-hmm. we were talking about the issues that were important to us and we also knew that our women could not get to those places so we would go to the places where women were so the factory floors mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. the the work spaces mm-hmm. and that's what i want to do again it's almost let's go back to the original way in which we communicated listen and my course, sister we we're going to we're going to encourage everyone to go tomorrow and 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 uh hopefully um and you said state theater and hopefully then we'll talk again and see how yes, where, where yes. else you take it huh Absolutely we're coming to Cape Town please as a bliss <laughs> I'll even Absolutely. get I'll even get you the visa 
Yes, and you know we need a visa for your little city. <laughs> take care for those. We're coming to take over. Thank you so much. Thank you, darling. For the call. Okay, Thank you. take care. Bye bye. Okay, bye bye. Bye bye. It is 2020, uh, celebrating the triumphs and struggles of South African women. It is at the State Theatre from the 22nd of August, starts at 8 p.m. And there's uh, another performance on the 23rd and 24th. And tickets are via box office, and they only 80 rand.